cliffcentral.com. So let's turn our attention to Mark Wade, who actually collects interesting things, not like Sia. <laughs> so Mark, Mark collects bayonets. And um, a lot of people don't even know what a bayonet is, but they, they date back to about the 17th century. And uh, it's a knife, a dagger, a sword, or a spike-shaped weapon that you actually attach to the end of a rifle. And uh, they used to issue these as a standard issue to um, armed military uh, outfits in almost every country in the world for a couple of hundred years. But it's a, it's a very curious thing to collect. And Mark is with us now. So first of all, let's, uh, let's say hi. Hey, hey, Mark, how are you doing, man? Nice to ha- have you on the show. Oh, pleasure being here. Yeah. Good morning. Hey, man. Uh, listen, this is such an interesting thing to collect. And I see some of them on the... On the, the the wall behind you, those look amazing. Um, how many are we are we onto at the moment? How many of these bayonets have you got? I have about a hundred. Uh, the gaps you see are uh, in the display are what's stuck in the post office. Oh God! I've uh, been waiting for what? Oh, that's irritating. You wait for about six months to a year. Oh man! You know, I also I, I obviously collect a bunch of different things, and one of the things I collect is um, is chemical elements on the periodic table. I can't tell you how many times. I have um, just things just go missing. They're just gone. Uh, and, and it's because of the post office, which they keep telling us we've, we've got to use. You know, they're so good and they're so trustworthy. They're really not. And, and for you, this must be so, fa- so frustrating because you've spent a lot of money collecting these things. And now they're sitting in the post office. And God alone knows if you're ever going to get them, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> Normally, uh, to import from Canada, for example, it takes four days mm. from Canada to our Tambo and anywhere between six months and 12 months to get to the post office. Yeah. So, I mean, that's you, you say 100 that you've got there, but you've actually trimmed your collection right down because um, you've decided that 100 is probably about the right amount. And you, you can't collect forever and you can't have a million things in your house, right? Uh, very true. So you get two types of collectors. You get the collector that buys any bayonet he likes, mm. or you get the collector who focuses. I focus on Great Britain, 1888 to 1948. So just that 50-year period of bayonets. All right. So 1888 to 1948, we've got roughly um, what the end of the Crimean War. We've got Anglo-Boer War One, or or the the South African War One Two. We've got World War One and we've got World War Two, or have I missed something out? Uh, correct. You've got the Second World War, First World War, Second World War. Okay, very. So very it's a good nice. period of history to look at. All right, and and what kinds of, of of you know bayonets are we looking at here? Are these are these all uh, short little swords like this? I mean, show us some of those that uh, that you're particularly proud of, and which ones are the rarest, and which ones are the are the are the ones that are most accessible. Uh, okay, so generally, uh, if you look at that collection, yeah. uh, at the top left, mm-hmm. you're starting with the 1888. Wow. On the far right, you're looking at the spike bayonet. The spike bayonet's the, the cheapest and the easiest to find. You're looking at about 400 grand for a bayonet. Hmm. Uh, on the top uh, uh, left, you're looking at an 1888 three-rivet, extremely rare bayonet. Uh, the most expensive you'd find wow. in this uh, specific collection. Some of them have um, like a leather kind of holder on them, uh, almost like a protective pouch. What's that? The scabbard. Okay. Uh, it keeps it safe from the elements. Uh, now, you ask my most valuable, 
So value uh, is um, uh, specific to the collector. Uh, it doesn't have to be a financially vi- uh, valuable. Mm. It could be valuable to you right. for whatever reason. If you really, my, want, if you really be, wanted it, you, you would pay whatever it took. If you really, you know, there was one piece that you were missing from your collection, there's probably any price that you, you could uh, reasonably pay that you would pay to complete the collection. Very, very true. Yeah. Uh, for example, this is a King's African Rifles bayonet wow. used uh, by the colonial forces. It's a hooked quillon. Uh, they're extremely rare. You're looking at about uh, fifteen to 25000 Sure. To me, it's worth that money. The next person's going to look at it and go, oh, it's a, a knife. Yeah. It's worth 100 bucks." Sure. I've seen you at arms fairs buying Japanese katanas. Yeah. No, no. You know, you know what the weaponry's worth. And we've probably we've probably met before. So yeah, I mean, I I do have swords, and that's just another one of my kinds of collections. But yeah, you know, it's it's to me this is such interesting stuff because it it's a topic of conversation. It makes your your house interesting. It's uh, a little obsessive if for some people. I mean, they they spend a huge amount of money and probably more time than they do on their kids or their families or whatever else it is. But to me, it's really interesting and. To collect something like bayonets, do you often think that you should collect the rifles as well, or do you have some of those, or do you? Uh, because you can't expand your collection forever. I mean, you're buying the rifles, then you're buying ammo, then you're buying, you know, uh, bags for the rifles or whatever else it is. It can get, it can go in any direction. Well, the benefit of a bayonet, you walk into a shop. Uh, you see it, you buy it, you take it home. If you're collecting a rifle, you need to apply for the permit, the license. Yeah. The license needs to be renewed every five years or ten years. So rifles are problematic. You do have some of the big boy collectors, like Tal Katz, who has 800 rifles with 800 bayonets attached to them. He has a staggeringly uh, huge, amazing collection. Uh, but he goes through the efforts. Yeah. I'm well. too lazy. Well, um, no, I don't think you're lazy at all looking at what you've got there behind you on the wall. How do your family and friends feel about this? Um, do they support you with your collecting or do they think you're an, a, a lunatic? Okay, the trick is to choose only friends who collect. <laughs> the thing with collecting, a lot of people mistake collecting a historical artifact as glorified specific period of history. So, for example, if you collect a, a German bayonet dated to World War II, it doesn't mean you're not a supporter. No, of course. Now, your collections, the way you display, needs to reflect a historical perspective and not a glorification of war or, mm. or political ide- ideology. And as long as you stick to that, your parents and family and friends should support you on it. Yeah, I mean, I see these shows. I see these shows where people are using like metal detectors to go over old battlefields in in Europe, and they try to find things. And if they find something that's got like a Nazi emblem on it, that doesn't mean that they're suddenly a Nazi supporter or that they think you know that that's particularly glorious. They they they're collecting artifacts, and these you know just because a museum displays something doesn't mean it supports that idea. Correct. Very very correct. Uh, I have some paraphernalia which I would never put on my wall mm. because it may offend someone. Yeah. I see it from a historical perspective. I have a beautiful uh, history collection, but you always risk the, uh, offending uh, a visitor or um, uh, a person who visits your house randomly. Yeah. So you leave it off the wall, and then it's purely for your own enjoyment. 
Well, I mean, these days, even you know, displaying certain flags can get you branded as a as a, a hate speech advocate. You know, so you've got to be extremely careful about some of this stuff. Obviously, for many people, that's ridiculous. They are just collecting and displaying stuff that interests them. But um, obviously, some people don't have the 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 broad understanding that this is not a, an endorsement of those ideas. Um, tell me quickly, because you started collecting, obviously at a young age. Um, when did you develop the interest in bayonets, and how long has that been going? Uh, probably from I'm one of the the last generation uh, who served in South African Defence Force, mm-hmm. and you were issued a bayonet in 1992, and that was my first bayonet. And then from there, I moved on to swords, and from there, I moved on to bayonets. Did you have to give back the one that you were issued, or have you got it? I have it. Oh, nice. Yeah, because sometimes these. But now you mentioned. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. Go you ahead. mentioned a flag. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the flag I lowered the last flag before the democratic elections at Home Affairs. I have that flag in storage. I can never display it because people will be offended by it because I assume I glorify mm-hmm. a relic of the past, which is not the case. Um, but you've got the actual one that, but, that was flying at Home Affairs. Correct. Oh, wow. Well, there were many home affairs departments, no, but, but I have the original one. That, yes. that's, that's very cool. So it must be a, a fairly large one because they have different sizes of flags as well. Yes, it's a big one. Oh, that's so cool, man. Damn, I think this is, this is amazing. All right, so you've got 100 bayonets that range between 1888 and 1948, and uh, you've got this, this great display behind you. Where, where do you go? Because people don't know I've, I've been to a few of these things you obviously know them a lot better than me but there are arms fairs that they have you know kind of annually or twice a year or whatever in different parts of south africa and then people bring their stuff out do you sell as well or do you just buy i tend to buy and swap okay all right so so a lot of the rare things that i find for example um a few months ago i found african core uh, uh artifact and i donated to the british museum they never had one. You ship it off. It will appear in a book, and there will be a little name tag saying donated by Mark Wade. Nice. A lot of collecting is about sharing the enjoyment of collecting. Yeah, you don't want to just keep it for yourself. You like to um, you like to exactly. share it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So uh, this is, of course, part of our series on collector mania. And uh, Mark is a great example of this. He and uh, so many of our other collectors that we've spoken to, collect all these fascinating things and uh, we continue our weekly dose of collectomania talking to compulsive collectors it's all brought to you by the south african gold coin exchange and the scoin shop where just by the way you can get some pretty amazing coins which are also very collectible and they're also great investments you might want to check that out too at the scoin shop s-c-o-i-n and you can find out more about the south african gold coin exchange by going to cliffcentral.com mark it's a great pleasure to speak to you keep collecting i love this stuff and i love the fact that you've also given some of your your bayonets to museums i think that's amazing i you know i should think about that next time i want to clear out some space maybe i should do the same thing good idea yeah no, no, very, very nice to see you. Thank you so much. There's Mark Wade, that is Collectomania, which is brought to you by the Scoin Shop and the South African Gold Coin Exchange. How awesome is that? Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Look, I don't know if Mark has any kids or not, but I would hate to date one of his kids. Yeah. Because you invited him to his study and he says, what is your intention with yeah. my daughter? And there's just tons of bayonets <laughs> exactly. in the back. Yeah, you're not going to mess That's around. That's all I was thinking. Right. I thought, mm-mm. Want to stay away from that? No. (laughs) 
That's so cool. Leanne, we can't hear you. When right I now. was young, there was some, I don't know who started it. I think it was my aunt, my dad's youngest sister. Mm-hmm. Because her and I were only 10 years apart. So, you know, when I was in my mid-teens, she, when I was 15, she was 25. So we'd, we'd go out together. And um, she, she made a joke to any prospective guy mm. that my dad had um, a collection of shotguns. <laughs> now, if you've met my dad, he's yeah. totally not that person. <laughs> um, he, know, he knows his way around on a bicycle, but that's about it. Um, oh but yeah, it was always, and the, the rumor spread about Leanne's dad and his shotgun collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, Deborah says that uh, she really enjoyed when we had Jen Sue on with her hats, and uh, she thought that was cool. She loves perfumes, so she has a collection of mm-hmm. those. Deborah collects perfumes. Ooh. Yeah, I remember I used to um, I used to get uh, free like colognes whenever they'd bring out something new they'd send not mm. not always but they'd send me some and i at some point i had an enormous collection it was just too many and what i did is i, I put them all in a box and then i every time i had friends over i'd say just help yourself if you want one and take it home because there's just no way i could have mm. had all of them i mean if they were really yeah, you know, if, they, also, if there were nice ones i'd keep them but i mean most of the ones that i had duplicates of of or whatever i'd just give away yeah, and also they don't last forever. It's not like a bayonet. That's t- that's true. Cliffcentral.com.